Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. My goodness. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much. If you would stay, stay on your feet just for one second, just for one second. I promise I'll let you sit down in just a second. Uh, after that intro, I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. Like, uh, this is exciting. Uh, it's so, so much a joy to be here with you at Bethesda. I've heard your story from afar. I have been cheering you on uh, from Tennessee and watching what God is doing here. And I just want you to do me a favor just for a second. I just, just, just blink your eyes three times. You say, all right, dude's already losing it. What is he doing? I want you to take mental pictures of this moment because you guys are right in the middle of a move of God. And I don't want you to lose sight of that. I don't want you to forget that. Like, like this is a move of God. Uh, if you would also, while you're standing, you gave me such a warm welcome and it's easy to, to cheer for the guy who comes in and leaves, but can you put your hands together for your amazing pastors and your staff? Wow. You guys are led so, so well here. Um, it's incredible. I mean, so many places would love to have the amazing team that you have here. And uh, you guys are blessed. Pastor Chad and, and Pastor Karen are amazing gifts. Uh, and I want you to get this. I, I know it's easy to, to celebrate it here, but I want you to know your story is impacting literally the nation. Like there are churches all around this nation that are telling your story, what God is doing here. And you guys have gifts here that are not just gifts for this area, but are national voices that are impacting other churches around this nation. And uh, just one more time, can we let them know we love them? Amen. If you would high five three people as you're seated and say, we are in a move of God. That was also so I would have time to get my notes ready. So you guys are amazing. So it is 2020, an amazing, amazing year of clarity and vision. Uh, super excited about that. But how many people in here started out the year with a New Year's resolution? Wave at me if you had a New Year's resolution. Anybody? Wave at me if you don't do New Year's resolutions. Okay, wave at me if you started it, but you already broke the New Year's resolution. Now wave at me if you don't believe in waving at the preacher in service. <laughs> Amen. I love y'all too. I love y'all too. Like, I, I, my goal this year, my resolution for 2020 was to do all the things I intended to do in 2019. And so starting 2019, I had a goal of losing 50 pounds, and I only have 65 to go. Can anybody relate to that? How we get in our own way sometimes. And I believe that we have an enemy. I believe, how many believe angels are real and demons are real and there's actual warfare going on all around us at all times. This is a reality, but, but I believe this morning that the greatest enemy is the enemy in uh, me. It's the enemy in me. Like, like I get in my own way really good. How many get in your own way sometimes? And this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that from a familiar passage, especially connected with this church in John chapter 5. 
It is the story of the pool of Bethesda. I know what you're thinking. Dude didn't even think about what he's going to preach. He's going to Bethesda church, so he's going to preach about the pool of Bethesda. Dude, that's low-hanging fruit. Like, you're not even trying. But I promise you, as I was praying, this is the message the Lord gave me. He said that he wants to speak to Bethesda about the healing that he wants to release here and to the nations. And this is something he told me about your church. He said that it is not a pool here. This is the river of Bethesda. That there is a river going out of this church to the nations and multiple streams will come out of that river, whether it's books or whether it's multi-site campuses or, or whether it's releasing sons and daughters to plant churches around the world. This is a place that God is raising up in these last days to release healing into the land because you are a church that's about his kingdom and about his heart. Can we praise God for what he's going to do in and through this church? But I believe sometimes, if we're not careful, we procrastinate the promises of God. We, we delay them. We, we wait on them. And I just want to get this in your spirit before we read John 5, that, that today is the day of your breakthrough. This is the moment that God has brought you here. You have been divinely uh, ordered and your steps ordered to bring you here in this moment, whether you're here in person or whether you're watching online right now or you're watching the archive. I believe that the Holy Spirit has a divine appointment for you. How many believe that God can do more in one moment than we can do in a lifetime of effort? Amen? And so I believe God's going to do some amazing things. John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, this is... Quite a few passages here, but how many know it's okay to read the Bible in church? Amen? Beginning in verse number one, it says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. It says, Having five porches, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Look at your neighbor and say, stir the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Hallelujah. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years is a long time. I'm 38 years old. So this is like my lifetime in this. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Look at your neighbor and say, do you want to be made well? Look at your other neighbor and say, hey, number two, do you want to be made well? It says, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool uh, when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Just let God do something and some religious killjoys come by to rain on the parade, amen? Verse 11, he answered them, it says, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. And then they said to him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I'm asking that you do what only you can do today, King Jesus. If I say anything in and of myself, guard the people's hearts. But if what I say is from you, let it find good ground to bring forth the kingdom harvest. 
Lord, let me disappear in this moment and you take center stage. Transform our lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen, amen and amen. So this is Bethesda where this has taken place. Bethesda, as I'm sure most of you know, being at Bethesda Church means house of mercy. When you look in the Bible, the word Beth means house of in Hebrew, like Bethlehem is house of bread. How many is thankful that God has a house of mercy that you get to come into, that, that this is a place of healing and wholeness, and, and that people, no matter where they are in life, no matter what walk of life, doesn't matter what their, what their gender, doesn't matter what their even sexual orientation, doesn't matter, they can come to the house of healing and a house of mercy and encounter Jesus and know that he will change their life. How many know that Jesus wasn't sent for those who are well, he was sent for the sick? And, and this is a house that God has established as a house of mercy. We need houses like this around the world. We need houses of mercy and healing. It says there was five porches here. Five is the number of grace. So there's this, this porch of grace. A porch is an entryway. And, and I love that the grace that we extend to people is what invites them to come into the house of mercy and experience the healing that Jesus has for them in the house. How many believe there's healing in this house today? Because Jesus is in this house today. And so because of that, the grace extended invites them in. And so I want you to get this in your spirit. The fact that you are here, the fact that you are watching online, puts you in good company with this man who got healed by Jesus because he had to position himself in the house to be touched by the master. And the fact that you're here, the fact that you're watching, you have positioned yourself to encounter the Holy Spirit, to hear the word of God. And I believe today is a moment for your breakthrough. I believe today is a moment for your healing. I believe that troubled minds are gonna be made well today. I believe that broken marriages are gonna be healed today. I believe that trouble with your children is gonna be well today. How many know that he says he'll save our household? That our kids may be acting wild right now, but we know the promise of God is that they're coming in. It doesn't matter what what the situation looks like because I've got a promise that I'm standing on right here and right now. And I tell my boys, I tell my boys, I say, guys, you're going to heaven whether you want to or not. You're my inheritance. You're my promise. And let me just say this as a compliment to this amazing couple. Have you ever met their kids? I came in this morning and I, they were like, hello, sir. It's nice to have you at Bethesda. It's good to see you. Like, bro, do you package that? Can you like ship that to like twelve fifty Madison Street, Shelbyville, Tennessee three seven one six zero? That's the church address. Now I've given out my home address. There's too many crazy people out there. <laughs> but we need some of that where I come from. Like, like you're my inheritance. I tell my boys, like, like. Even if you don't want to be, I'm sorry, but the Holy Spirit's going to captivate your heart because I'm kidnapping you to heaven, whether you like it or not. And I just want to tell you, there's some people that have lost hope. This ain't even in my notes, but I feel this in my gut. Like There's some people in this, this place this morning, you've lost hope in your kids and hope in your family and hope for your siblings and your parents. Like, like you're worried that they're not going to make it to heaven. And I just want to tell you that the witness that you are bearing of Jesus is planting seeds and making a bigger difference than you ever imagined. And the same God that saved you is going to be the same God that saves them. They just don't know it yet. I believe the Holy Spirit, even as we speak, is moving in their life and stirring up their heart and, and rising up faith inside them to call on the name of the Lord. If you believe he'll still do it, give him praise in this place today. Man, y'all, 
I like y'all. Y'all like, whoo, my God, that's my introduction. <laughs> Leaving a lung on the altar for Jesus this morning. I love it. This is a house of mercy, but, but I want us to look at some of the things that happened in this house and extrapolate it from the text to be able to, to, to see how it impacts our lives. The first thing that I notice in this is that this angel would heal someone based on their merit, based on their works. Notice that this angel only healed the one that got in the pool first. But when Jesus showed up, he didn't go to the first. He went to the last. He went to the loser. He went to the failure. He went to the one that was paralyzed in his situation. He went to the one that couldn't move forward anymore. He went to the one that had to watch everybody around him get healed for 38 years. And that's the one that Jesus found that said, get up, be made whole, go and sin no more. Like, I just want to tell you today, you may have watched everybody around you get their breakthrough, get their blessing, get their promise, get their purpose. But I'm telling you today, Jesus isn't looking for people that just have it all together. He's looking for the least of these. He's looking for the... the last. He's looking for the the losers, the failures, the ones that everyone has looked over. He wants to meet you in the house of mercy and touch you and heal you and give you purpose. And the thing that you used to rest on, you will carry now as a testimony of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. House of mercy. He's doing it. He cares about you. He wants you to have more. But it would have been easy for this man to settle for living in the house. To settle for dwelling on the porch of grace. For chilling in the house of mercy. But to never find wholeness. It's about to get real. This is like a warning, okay? There's some folks that come to God's house that you like the porch of grace and you're good with the house of mercy but you haven't wanted to get whole yet and it's not good enough just to hang out in the house it's not good enough just to just to get the residue of what God is doing on someone else's life but but I'm telling you today God wants to meet you whether you're watching online or whether you're here in person he wants to meet you right here right now not just to let you hang in the house but to bring healing from the master and to have a miraculous moment as he stirs the water around you and makes you whole and makes you well how many know we need wholeness in the house we need healing in the house We need him to move in our lives in this house. But Jesus asked a question. I don't believe it's rhetorical. I believe Jesus really wanted to know. Jesus asked him in verse number six, he says, excuse me, do you want to be made well? And I remember reading this going like, that is the weirdest question. And then I became a pastor. And there's a lot of people that don't want to be made well. They have an addiction to their affliction. They, they, they hold on. They, they, they like the pity. They like the crutch. It's an excuse for their lack of producing and the purpose that God has placed on their life. Like, like, like in other words, well, I would have, but, I would have, but, I, I could have, but. Like, like we, we just got we to gotta, we gotta move beyond those things that excuse our inactivity and our lack of fruitfulness. And so we, we want to hold on to that sometimes. And, and I found that sometimes people 
don't want to be disturbed where they're sitting. It's like they're lame in the house of mercy and you go to them like, hey, I'm good, go ahead. Like I remember there's this, this one guy, God bless him. The Lord was moving in that service. It was people getting healed like crazy. It was amazing. I mean, it was like people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. There was all kind of manifestations of the Spirit. of It was amazing. I was like, yes, this is amazing. And I came up to this guy and I said, let me pray for your back, man. He goes, I'm good. I said, do what? He said, can you wait? Can you wait a week or two? What? He said, I got a disability here in this coming up week. Like I was ready to go Holy Ghost Kung Fu on that guy right there. I'm like, what? He says, yeah, I, I, like, I'm good with Jesus healing me, but I just got to get my disability check first. I was like, bro, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. That's what it said. I'm not that violent. I'm kidding. My wife is. I'm not. But, but I was like, what do, what, what do you mean? And like, he literally wanted to live in his affliction. You think, well, I just can't believe that, that people are, that's why I'm not a good counselor, y'all. Like, like people come into my office and he's like, hey, pastor, like I'm watching porn. This is, stop. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> I'll send you the bill. <laughs> like, no, I keep, I keep bringing it up on my computer get rid of the computer. Like, I'm just like, bro, I'm not going to do this. Oh, well, why do you do that? Do you think it's because when you were in middle school, people made fun of you and you didn't feel attracted? I'm not going to go into all that, y'all. That's like, somebody makes really good money to do that and they're really good at that. I'm like, let's lay hands on them, let's anoint them with oil and let's get some freedom in the house right here, right now, you know? Like, like but do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? So this is the beginning point when people tell me they want to, I'm like, do you really want to be free? Because so many of us sabotage our own success. We get in the way and some people are hell bent on staying in their bed of affliction. But I believe the Lord wants to move in this place. And I believe the issue sometimes, if we're not careful, we have normalized, we have normalized being bound. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I just want to be authentic and transparent and like reflective within the authenticity of my organic self, struggle, Jesus, essential oils. <laughs> that was so wrong. I'm sorry, millennials. I love y'all. But like, but like it's, it's so true. Like, like we, we, we start like valuing our bondage. It's like we're, we're leaving Egypt like waving our chains and the air still attached to us. And that's not the testimony. The testimony is not our bondage. The testimony is, yes, I went through a dark night of the soul. Yes, I went through hell, but I went through. That means I came out the other side. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Like he didn't come to make us comfortable in chains. He came to break the chains. He came to shatter the shackles. He came to liberate captives. That's why Jesus paid the price he paid for you and for me. Do you believe that? Give him praise. I get it. 
get it. Like people are inspired by our strengths and they connect with our weaknesses. Absolutely. And I'm very transparent with my church. I share my struggles. I also share my victories. But, but I'm just being real. If there's a guy on the stage and he never has the victory story, I'm like, do I really want to be listening to this cat? Like, you're more bound than me. Give me the microphone. <laughs> like, like we, we don't need to glorify bondage, but we need to be gracious in process. And how many know that we're in process? Amen? And so I love what Jesus asked. He asked this question, do you want to be made well? And he's asking it today. Do you want to be made well? And this is a very easy question to answer. Yes. No. There's two options, bro. Two. You got a 50% chance of getting this thing right. Do you want... I think his legs weren't the only things paralyzed in this story. Do you want to be made whole? And listen to what bro says. He says, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But I am, when I'm coming, another steps down before me. Like, I don't read it that way. This dude had Eeyore syndrome. This is how I read it. Sir... I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Oh, dear. know what Eeyore in your life like it's always like like you just want a new car but I gotta pay the taxes <laughs> like anybody know those people like you won the lotto I shouldn't have been playing it anyway maybe you're right but pay if you don't want to take it here we'll take them at Gateway Church tithes are of the Lord amen so, like, we don't need a, we don't need an Eeyore. We need a Tigger. We need, like, man, he is holy. He is good. He is righteous. He's wonderful. Like, he's going to heal. We're bouncing around and bouncing in. Like, he's going to heal me. He set me free. He touched my mind. Like, he's amazing. Let me tell you about Jesus. Like, we need to have people with joy and with passion and with faith to believe that God will do what only he can do. But, but you've heard it. You've heard it. You, you've heard the excuses. The excuse is that, that I don't find freedom because of others. But I want to tell you something. You can always find freedom because of one other person, and his name is Jesus. His work of righteousness will always trump the works of injustice that other people do to you in your life. We've got to see a greater testimony of the cross than the trial that we went through. To understand that his blood is greater than their betrayal. Amen? That, that his anointing is stronger than their abuse. Okay? Yeah, like his victory is greater, is greater than, than their verbal assault. Like, like he's greater, he is good, and he's holy. How many is thankful for Jesus today? Amen? But we get, we get the excuses, no doubt. Somebody hurt me. I don't feel connected. I feel overlooked. I don't feel like God has given me the life I deserve. We all deserve hell. Just want to insert that. 
I'm the wrong race. I am the wrong gender. I was born to the wrong family. I was born during the wrong time. God didn't send me the spouse I wanted. There may be reasons for that. I just want to say that. But maybe it's something real. Maybe it's a deep, deep wound. I am unapologetically a mama's boy. And my mom and I, she was like my best friend. Like I, I love her so much. So we, we went through the process and we were able to, uh, to buy this, this amazing building, this Walmart building next to our old church and we're moving into it. Multi-million dollar building project. As you guys understand here, how many know when you start doing building projects, warfare breaks out? Because you can print more money, you can't take more land. And so the enemy doesn't want to give up territory. And so when you start taking land, he gets upset. So there was warfare going on with this. And in the process of that, the general contractor for our build-out bailed on us. He, he jumped ship. And I had to take over this multi-million dollar project not knowing what I'm doing, feeling all the weight of that. And then a week later, my dad calls me on a Monday. He says, son, I got bad news. I said, what is it? He says, mom's just been diagnosed with lung cancer. And I'm like, the devil's a liar. So I started fasting. I started praying. How many know we live in the tension of the already and the not yet that there are times that we see healing break in in miraculous ways. And there's, there's also sometimes the not yet where the tension of we don't understand why God says no, but ultimately they're healed in heaven. We don't, we don't understand that tension. All we're called to do is believe God. Amen. And so I was believing God. God, you're going to heal my mom. So she got diagnosed on a Monday. The next Tuesday, they, made, they did surgery. Coming out of surgery, she was putting a room in ICU. Then she was getting transferred to a regular room. She had a BiPAP on, which is like a CPAP. It, it inflates her lungs, keeps them from, from collapsing, keeps pressure. And so we're transferring the room. They forgot to hook up the BiPAP. So in the hallway, her lungs collapse, and my mom suffocates to death, pulling on, on me. Uh, I, I pass out uh, right there on the floor. Uh, traumatic. Had to go through counseling for PTSD. Then my brother gets diagnosed with, my brother gets diagnosed with cancer, dies of colon cancer. Then I get diagnosed with a kidney disease. It just felt like it was coming from all directions. I'm sitting there, though, the night my mom, the night my mom died. I just want to tell you how good Jesus is. How many know he's present in our pain? And so I'm sitting there the night my mom died, and, and, and I'm going through photo albums like we do, and I'm crying, and I'm not understanding everything. I'm just I'm, I'm hurting. And my phone dings, and I have a voicemail from my mom. And I'm thinking, okay, somebody maybe used her cell phone. And I noticed this, the, the, the message had been sent two months earlier, but it hit my phone the night she died. So again, I had prayed for her, asked for God to raise her. And then I said, God, I don't ask for signs, but I'm asking you, let me know my mom's okay. And I got this voicemail. I want you to listen to this. Hey, I just thought I'd let you know your mom was still living. I'll talk to you later. You can't make that up. The night she dies, I get a voicemail that says, hey, I just thought I'd let you know your mama's still living. I'll talk to you later. Like God is so good and so sovereign. He's like, I'm gonna suspend Verizon because Jason's gonna need this here. So I'm gonna hold this voicemail that, that his mom is leaving so that it will hit the night that she passes away so he will know that he knows that she's still alive and she's still okay. Like how good is Jesus, y'all? Like he's good. 
He's faithful. And I want you to know the same way he was present in my pain, he will be present in your pain. He is present in our pain. He is patient in our process. And he is passionate about our purpose. He will never, ever, ever give up on you. Don't give up on him. Give him praise if you believe that today. But how many know revelation and application don't always come at the same time? So I had this revelation that my mom was okay, but I was in a deep grieving process. Like I told you, then I lost my brother. Then I got diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease. And it just, my marriage was struggling because we didn't know how to navigate the grief. And it felt like everything was caving in. And what's amazing is during that time, our church grew about 300 people and I didn't even know what I was preaching. I was like out of it. But one day I'm sitting in my, my backyard and I'm sitting there praying. I'm listening to that voicemail like I've listened to probably a thousand times. And I remember hearing it again. Hey, I just thought I'd let you know your mom's still living. And the moment she said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, she is living, but are you? And in that moment, I realized that I felt like letting go of the grief was letting go of my mom. And there's people in this place today, you've had some stuff that has hurt you and you have held on to it for too long because you don't know how to live absent of that pain and absent of that excuse and absent of that. Either you're letting go of a, a someone you love or you're letting go of yourself and, and you've learned to identify yourself by your infirmity. But I believe the Lord wants to set some captives free today. I believe there's some people who have even been dwelling in the house of mercy that the waters are being stirred again today. And the Lord wants to set you free and heal you right here and right now. If I can tell you anything, don't let yesterday's pain paralyze today's purpose. This is a guy who is, who is by, the, by the pool. And he's standing there. He's laying there by the pool. Standing, that would be cool. But he's laying there by the pool, paralyzed in his pain, paralyzed in his victimization. And all along, just a little bit away, there is total healing. And, and the thing that jumps out to me is this, is how bad do we, do we really want it bad enough? Like, do we really want to be made whole? I'm telling y'all this. If I'd been there 38 years, I would have become an expert on the pool of Bethesda. I would have known when the waters were going to be stirred. I would have known what to do. I would have perpetually lived. I'd have had a toe in the water every day waiting on my day. But, but instead, he lay there in an excuse, well, somebody else other than me. I mean, y'all, I would have wiggled. I would have wiggled and I'd flopped over in the water if I had to. I would have found a way. How many know when you are hungry and you are desperate? Show me one time in the Bible that the desperate people and the hungry people make their way to Jesus that he rejects them. Whether it's a woman with an issue of blood or whether it's Jairus going about his daughter. Time after time, desperation and hunger are always met with the miraculous move of God. How bad do you want it? Because survival is not just enough. You see, this man was waiting on an angel to come down. But Jesus was waiting on this man to get up. And I believe at some point in time, our faith requires us to make a move. I think faith is always a verb. It's an action. It's something that we do. It's something that we, we step into. You know, God spoke to us when we were growing in our church. We had grown to about 300 people in our old building. And y'all, if you could have seen our old building, that was a miracle. Like we had bright ocean blue carpet. Bright. I'm talking about like, like 
Grover off Sesame Street, like blue. Smurfs, blue. And we had a prayer meeting every Sunday morning. You think, well, that's great. We prayed that no one would fall through the restroom floors because we had so many termites that had eaten up the foundation of that building. So literally, it was like, it was falling in. And our budget, even though we'd grown to 300 people, was only like 14,000 per month. And we're like, and God spoke to me. He says, buy Walmart. I can't get deep. Buy Walmart. I was like, oh yeah. You're serious. <laughs> See, next door to us was a super center that had just been emptied when the new super center was built on the other side of town, next door to our church. Our budget was $14,000, people, okay? And I was like, buy Walmart. So being the great man of faith that I am, I called the guy who owned it, and I said, hey, Ron, I knew him, we served on a board together. I said, can we rent half the building? He says, let's meet Tuesday. So I went over there Tuesday. My you version, like verse of the day that day, was Isaiah 61, seven, which talks about inheriting a double portion in the land. And so I didn't even put two and two together. That's where I was at. I was like, oh, that's a great verse. Like, let's go. And so I walk in there with Ron. He says, tell me the vision. I shared the vision with him. He said, okay, I'm not gonna rent you half the building. I said, oh, thanks. He says, I'm gonna sell you the whole thing and I'm gonna loan you the money for it. I'm gonna loan you the money for the build out. I'm gonna buy your old building for $350,000. I'm gonna sell you this for 800,000, even though we just put a $300,000 roof on it. Uh, he said, also, you and your wife don't need to live in a parsonage. He said, go pick out a house. We're going to buy you a house too. Yeah. How many know there's God moments when you walk and you follow the Lord, there's favor. So I did in that moment what any man of God would do. I cried like a middle school girl just got invited to a dance. I had my head on his shoulder. He looks at me like, what are you doing, bro? I said, just go with it, man. Just go with it. Like I was squalling and it, this was such a moment. And then, then, you know, you got like that faith high. You don't tell it, you're in service like, my God, we're taking down strongholds. My God, we're gonna, we're gonna storm the gates of hell and you get in your car and you gotta go home. I got in my car and I'm like, I gotta pay for it. I gotta pay, oh, we don't have that. What are we gonna do? The next week, uh, the owner of a, of a trucking company called me and he said, hey, we need to store some boxes and we're at a room in our warehouse. Can we rent part of that Walmart building and store some boxes? And I was like, absolutely. I said, how much are you gonna pay? He said, 6,000. I was like, oh my Lord, that's how much the mortgage is. I said, absolutely, man. Now, let me think about it. Yeah, I say, yeah, we'll go with it. So they were moving it all in because I was so excited. I didn't even ask him what it was. So I had, to, I had to go away for a trip. They moved everything in. One of my staff members said, Pastor, you probably need to come see what they moved in. So I got back. I walked in the building. I opened the door to the Walmart before we'd started building out. I looked, and it was like Jack Daniels from one side to another. <laughs> At that point, I wanted to go get into it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, God. And so I called my state bishop. I said, hey, bishop, I love you. Will you come over and check out our building? Yeah, what's going on? I said, oh, I just want you to see it in person. And uh, so he came over there. He opened the door. He said, my God. <laughs> and then he said, do the checks clear? I said, yeah. He goes, praise the Lord. <laughs> 
many know the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the hands of the righteous until we get too self-righteous to take it? Like, like God gave us a Walmart and let the devil pay for it. Like how many thankful for what God does? He's good. He's good. He's good. Since then, they, they've moved out. We've built out more of the building, and, and we just finished another phase. Like God has been so faithful to take care of us here in the process, but, but he met me in the middle of my move. I had to step out in faith. I had to do something. And there's moments not only in the life of this church, but each of you individually, you're going to have to make a move. You're going to have to step out in faith and do something. Serve for the first time, even though it looks intimidating, baby. Like, like be willing to give for the first time. Make a move and watch God meet you right in the middle of the move. If you believe that, give him praise in this place. I'm, I'm gonna give you these two things really quick and I'm gonna land this plane and, and God's gonna meet some people in this place and people are gonna be healed and set free. There's two things you're gonna have to watch out for as you step into the healing and wholeness that Jesus has for you. The first thing is, notice what happened. The moment that he got healed... Here came the religious voices. There will always be religious voices that question the authenticity of your encounter with God. They will always question the authenticity of your encounter with God. And this is why, a couple reasons. One, religious people are simply people who forgot what it was like to be lost. They forgot. They're not grateful anymore for their salvation. They feel like they've earned it and that they are, they're so good. You know, they just keep up like, I'm just holy, I'm awesome. The second reason... People are prideful, y'all. People will usually, religious people will usually discount any experience you have that they haven't had themselves. So the way they justify their own position and the fact that they haven't had that encounter is by trying to deny the validity of the experience. That's what religion does. Second, not only do you have to overcome the religious, but you're gonna have to overcome sin. Jesus told this man, he said, go and sin no more lest you sin and something far worse come on you. I know we don't like talking about this, but sin opens the door to the enemy in our lives. So the Lord says, I want obedience because it's greater than sacrifice. And now, obedience isn't just something like it's God in heaven looking down going, they better mind me. No, no, no. Obedience is because of the principles he's laid out that are a means of grace for us to encounter the fullness of the kingdom life that he has given us. In other words, obedience leads us into blessing and he wants our obedience because he wants our blessing, not because he's insecure about our actions. He loves us. The Bible says it this way. He says, if you love, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now I grew up in a church, y'all, where like, I got saved 372 times. Like every Sunday I was getting resaved because it was so much condemnation. And this is, this is the way I heard God talking to me. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. But this is how I hear him now. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You see, I, I'm, I'm faithful to my wife for two reasons. One, I'm terrified of her. You don't know her. She's part Proverbs 31, part Tupac. Like, 
I tell everybody in my church, if they ever say another pastor has committed suicide, Shelbyville, Tennessee, investigate. I didn't do it. Number two. Number two, I love her. I love her. You know, I do things sometimes that I apologize to her, not because if I don't apologize, we'll get a divorce. Sometimes I do things and I apologize because I hurt her heart and I love her and I care about her. It's the same way with Jesus. I don't think that that salvation is so fickle that if I'm driving down the road and somebody pulls out and I let a bad word slip and I get hit by a car and I'm going straight to hell. I think there's more grace than that, okay? But at the same time, if I'm driving down the road, I let it slip. I'm not just gonna let it sit there because I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, I didn't mean to grieve your heart. I love you so much. I don't wanna do that. You see, holiness is simply love made perfect. If we love God with all that we are, we don't wanna sin against God. If we love others, we're not gonna wanna sin against others. If we love ourselves, we wanna sin against ourselves. But we can close the door on the enemy by simply being obedient. I want you to hear this. Jesus came. He did not just destroy and break the wages of sin. He destroyed the power of sin in your life. And whom he has set free is free indeed. I believe he's going to make people whole today. I believe he's going to heal people today. I believe he's going to save people today. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all over the house. King Jesus, begin to move in hearts right now. Hearts here in this house and hearts online. I just sense the awe of God right now. His presence. Every head by every eye closed, just nobody looking around. Whether you're here in person or you're online watching, this, this is your moment. The Lord brought me all the way from Tennessee just to tell you this is your moment. Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be saved? So the first question I want to ask you today is if you say today, I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I want him to wash away my sins. I want to have everlasting life. Or maybe I've known him and I've broken fellowship and I simply want to come home. I want to be restored. If you want to be saved or you want to be restored, just just slip your hand up right now. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, guys. Let's praise God for this. Thank you, thank you. If you're watching online, that's for you too. Just comment on there. Say, I want to be saved right here, right now. I'm going to pray, and I want us to all pray this together. Pray if you're watching online or you're here in person. Say this with me. Say, King Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I put my faith in you. I trust you. I'm forgiven. I'm made new. I'm saved. I'm restored. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give him praise for those that just gave their life to Jesus. We had one salvation online also. Let's praise God for the person online watching right now. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. But but I feel like that is always at the forefront of mission is where we spend eternity. But I'm telling you what the Lord told me. There is people living in Bethesda, the house of mercy.
that have maybe even come in on the porch of grace that need to be made whole today. I'm just gonna ask you to just one more time, just, just bow your heads where you are. Just bow your heads where you are. If you'd say, Pastor Jason, today, there's something in me that needs to be healed. Maybe it's physical. You need healing in your body. Maybe it's mental, emotional. Maybe it's in your soul. Just feel the love of the Father in this house right now. If you'd say today, I need his healing touch right here, right now. Don't procrastinate it. Right here, right now. Just raise your hand right now. Say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Praise God, hands all over the house. This is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna get out of the way of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna ask for the staff and prayer team to make their way to this altar. And as we go into this last song, I'm gonna ask you to make your way for someone to pray with you. There's a significant thing that happens, like Pastor Chad said this morning, when we confess one to another, that's when healing takes place. So whether you're online or whether you're here, begin to pray. But if you would like to come forward during the song, I believe God's going to meet you in this altar as the waters are stirred. God bless you. Love you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.